and welcome to another episode of Health Affairs This Week, the podcast where health affairs editors go beyond the headlines to explore health policy news of the week. I'm Jessica Bylander. And I'm Marianne Amos. So Jess, today we're focusing on some recent news that might affect you if you get your health insurance through your employer. And if you're in the U.S., you probably do, since employer-sponsored health coverage is the largest source of coverage for non-elderly people in this country. The annual Employer Health Benefits Survey is out from KFF, the Kaiser Family Foundation, and we published a related article as an online ahead of print in Health Affairs on October 18th. The survey found that the average annual premium for both individuals and families who get their health insurance through an employer-sponsored plan rose by 7% in 2023. The average premium for individuals was nearly 8,500 this year, and for families, the average premium was just shy of $24,000. Okay, so yeah, let's put those numbers in some context. In 2022, so last year, premiums increased only by 2% for individuals and 1% for families. So yeah, we are looking at quite a bigger jump this year. On the other hand, the survey found um, that this year premiums rose pretty much in tandem with inflation and wage growth, whereas in the past premiums had been growing faster than inflation. Um, and then workers themselves typically are contributing only a portion of those dollar amounts you mentioned, Marian. Um, on average, workers contributed 17% of that premium for single coverage and 29% of the premium for family coverage, with their employer covering the rest. So the average worker paid um, about $1,400 for their individual coverage and um, about $6,500 for family coverage, which is actually similar to the amounts that workers paid in 2022. But of course, those overall amounts that companies pay matter a lot since companies must contend with those costs and make choices accordingly, whether it's switching providers or plan choices or passing costs to employees in the future. They might narrow networks or increase prior authorization or make other changes to the benefits they offer. Um, And of course, most of those options for offsetting medical costs are pretty unpopular. Right. And now something else that stood out to me in the survey are the findings around how abortion services are covered in employer-sponsored plans. After this summer's Dobbs v. Jackson decision, which overturned the constitutional right to abortion, there has been increased interest in how health plans will cover abortion services. Fully insured plans, aka employer-sponsored plans, must ensure that their benefits are consistent with state laws on abortion. As of when the survey was published, 11 states limit private insurance plans to covering abortion only in limited situations, and eight states require abortion coverage in fully insured private plans. So in this year's survey, KFF asked large employers about their abortion coverage. About a third said legally provided abortions are covered in most or all circumstances. 18% said legal abortions are covered only in limited circumstances. That includes situations like rape, incest, or life or health endangerment. And then 10% said that legally provided abortions are not covered under any circumstances. Meanwhile, 40% of employers said they actually don't know how abortion services are covered, which might be because their policies are in flux. And finally, among large firms offering health benefits, 7% said they provide or plan to provide financial travel assistance for enrollees who have to travel out of state to obtain an abortion. 
It's really interesting that they were able to capture that landscape um, around the coverage of abortion services in the survey this year. And it, to me, also shows this additional layer beyond what the law allows. Um, so what your insurance covers will will be kind of that second barrier that folks might face. Um, so I'm sure we'll be seeing more research on that front in the coming years. Yeah, absolutely. It's really an important topic to follow. Um, did anything else stand out to you in the report, Jess? Yeah, another piece I'd highlight is around network adequacy. Um, first, just to reiterate, this is a survey of employers rather than employees. So results might look a bit different if you were to ask employees whether they thought their networks were adequate versus asking their employer. But in any case, the survey found that while 91% of employers thought their largest plan had enough primary care providers to provide you know, timely access to care, only um, a a range of 59% to 68% of large and small firms said they had enough mental health providers in network. And only 58 to 59% of large and small firms felt they had enough providers in their networks who offered substance use services. Um, and meanwhile, 26% of employers said they thought their employees were highly or moderately concerned about the difficulty of finding in-network in providers. So we've published and we've talked about network adequacy and also accuracy in the journal, and we've discussed it in the podcast as well. Um, a study we published back in 2016 by Simon Hayter and colleagues found that access to providers and the accuracy of the networks that insurers listed was lacking in commercial and marketplace plans, um, and that was in California. And then more recent studies we've published highlight the prevalence of quote-unquote phantom networks, and that's where the list of in-network providers aren't um, completely accurate. They may not be accepting patients or something else might have changed. And that um, this research has found that's particularly a problem for mental health services. Um, the interesting employers in the KFF survey said they were generally satisfied with the accuracy of plan provider directories. And that's really interesting. We know that network adequacy and accuracy really are huge issues, and we see that in the data and hear it anecdotally. The 2020 No Surprises Act to protect people from surprise medical bills included provisions that require insurers to make sure their provider directories are up to date, but a March 2023 study in JAMA continued to find significant inconsistencies in physician directories. Um, we'll put a link in the show notes to a recent podcast episode on that topic. Yeah, and Marianne, another aspect of our out-of-pocket health care costs that we worry about are deductibles. Have those gone up much, according to the survey? No, actually, the survey found that deductibles haven't really changed that much recently. Uh, on the other hand, the average deductible is really high right now. It's about $2,400 for single coverage in small companies and about $1,500 for large companies. As far as high deductible health plans go, and those are the plans where employees essentially self-insure up to a higher level in exchange for lower premiums and potentially a tax-favored health savings account, the survey found that about a third of companies offering health benefits offer these types of plans. That's similar to last year. It also found that large companies are more likely to offer high deductible plans than small ones. About 30% of workers were enrolled in a high deductible health plan. That's also about the same as last year. And the average deductible in these plans was upwards of $2,500 for single coverage. The survey also found that the amount that employers contribute to health savings accounts or other health reimbursement arrangements really varies a lot from employer to employer. 
Thanks for breaking that down, Mary. And I, I mean, I personally am often wondering about high deductible health plans as they increasingly become offered and um, and sort of wondering about the landscape there. Uh, there's a lot to unpack in this survey and, and in the article we published. Um, but this has certainly been helpful for me to understand the landscape and, um, and the costs a little bit better. Um, in terms of what the future holds, some are predicting that we'll continue to see premium growth, maybe even at higher rates. So we'll have to keep an eye on this space. Absolutely. And I think that sounds like a good place to wrap up. Thanks everyone for listening to another episode of Health Affairs this week. Be sure to subscribe. And if you liked this episode, tell a friend and leave us a review. Thanks, Jess. Thanks, Marianne.